You are listening to the Shit You Can't Make Up podcast, a conversation with friends, hosted by Marisol Sanchez. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in uh, this week. Your favorite <laughs> co-host, Beth, is back. Um, hey Marisol. Thank you. For I know you <laughs> only invited me over because you have like 20 boxes of like new sound equipment that you needed me to unpack and put together. Thank you. <laughs> if we sound better, it's because we've actually invested in some equipment. <laughs> I know. Which we still haven't figured out. I know. You should take a picture of what this table looks like and um so, <laughs> so we basically have all this stuff, and like we're down to the bare bones because we can't figure out how to work ninety percent of it. But it, it's I think it's going to sound better. Yeah, and um, I mean compared to where I started, you know, almost two years ago, that should sound much much better. I've learned a lot in the last year. Probably not as quickly as people who listen to this would have liked. <laughs> <laughs> but I have learned a lot about um, sound quality. I, could, I What I haven't figured out yet is a complaint I've gotten is when people uh, plug it into their cars. Mm-hmm. It's still... Um, well, hopefully the two mics will fix that. Yeah, and we... Oh, Podcasting, Podcasting number one, one, turn off your computer dings. Yeah. Well, I listen to a lot of podcasts that, uh, well, not a lot, but if you ever listen to a podcast that sort of started small and got bigger, 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 you definitely go with them on their podcasting journey, journey from like sitting at the dining room table to like having it edited professionally and all that kind of stuff, which is, I think that's really, that's really fun to listen to. Hopefully that will be how your podcast is. I hope so. Um, yeah, I we found a really cool producer in town, um, <laughs> who's going to be working on the podcast and, you know, what we were talking about before, uh, we turned on the mics was that, um, I feel that first it was the podcast, um, and then it was the blog and now like my passion's in the blog and I'm sort of not grounded with what I want to do with the podcast, but I do get a lot of feedback and I've shared with you. Um, people enjoy our chemistry, our conversations. They like to listen to us. I don't know why. Cause it's um, not, I'm not saying that in a mean way, but I'm not sure what it is. But then again, I don't go back and listen to the podcast. Yeah. I think once you get done, you're just done. I think there's like your children, you know, each of one of them needs different attention at different times. And so you sort of waffle back and forth between the podcast and the blog and yeah. how they're going and, you know, what needs more attention and what's easier and more fun and all of that. Yeah. And I think we... I'd like a clear format, and I've just waffled. I know. Let's not talk about the format okay. anymore because we're done. <laughs> Whatever we say will be different next week. <laughs> but thank you for hanging in with us this long. We do we, we do appreciate it, and um, I appreciate it very much that you guys read or listen to us. Um, so this week, this week I blogged. I just posted it last night. Um, oh, it's four twenty. So I just want to <laughs> throw out a shout out to anyone oh, yeah. who celebrates four twenty. I wish I could celebrate with you. <laughs> Fortunately, I cannot because we don't live in a state that's legal. But um, happy 420. But uh, the blog I posted it up yesterday and um, it's called The Victim Card. And um, so we thought we would do a little podcast to About it. delve a little bit more into it. 
Your hair looks really good, by the way. Thank you. I just had it did yesterday, so it always looks good for a couple of days, and then it's back to the crazy mess that it always is, but thanks. So you read the blog? I did read the blog, and I have heard that story maybe once before, but like um, in that context, and I think it was, you know, it's a really sad story for a little girl. I mean... Was that, or were there lots of incidents like that, or does that one just stick out in your mind the most? You mean the, like the, the beating? Well, the beating and also the sort of, the val, you know, the, I'm the girl whose brother died, I'm the girl who has a hard life, and like getting a lot of um, attention from that. Mm, I don't know about the latter. I haven't thought too much about, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um... I mean, I got beat a lot. <laughs> that's, that was not, that's, that's an easy one to answer. Um, the victim card or the victim mindset. I mean, when I was thinking about this memory, um, it resonated with me just that, that I think that was probably, if not the moment, definitely a, a big moment in my child, childlike brain that I was like, Oh, you know, I'm getting attention <clears throat> and it, I, you know, you don't process at that age. Right. I don't sit there and contemplate. This is how, this is how this is screwing me up <laughs> yeah. for future life. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, but what I wanted to write about, or why I wanted to write about it is because I think that it was a big breakthrough moment for me. I have a few of those throughout the years and, it, um, you know, when I was doing talk therapy, I love talk therapy had a great therapist um but we got to a point in my therapy where I kind of knew as much as I was going to know about my life my I, I knew what happened in the past I was done talking about it you know let it go all that shit and you know like I say in the blog consciously my day-to-day -day right now life is great beautiful home beautiful kids you know work everything's great I have I really you know um have a lot to be grateful for but subconsciously, I still have those patterns <clears throat> where I make horrible choices with men. Horrible <laughs> choices with men. Um, you know, holidays, I get depressed. Things that if I'm in the present moment, which is a big part of the type of therapy that I was doing, um, I shouldn't be triggered. You know, mm -hmm. I know what to do. but. I felt like at the end of that therapy, I needed more. There was something more to be done to work through. And that's when I, I started doing a little research and it was, okay, the subconscious, you know, which is, it's almost a, what's the, I'm stuck on words right now. Um, all right, let me, re, let me try to explain it this way. People say stay present to be happy, and I think that is true. You can right. only find happiness right now, um, not in the future, not in the past. Got that. Message received. But I think it's a disservice to say just let it go. Let your, you know, all that shit, it's in the past. Mm -hmm. um, that would be great. I don't, I don't think that's really even possible. Well, yeah. Uh, it would be great, but... In, in all, all circumstances, yeah. like... I mean, you can't let everything that's ever happened to you just go and live yeah. right now. Very Pollyanna kind yeah. of attitude. Mm -hmm. I, I 
think if you really want to heal and you really want to break those patterns, you got to go back and you got to try to figure out where that moment, that perspective came in that became part of your subconscious. So that's what I've been working on this year. And so that memory, the memory uh, that I wrote about, which was the return um, when I came back home after my brother's funeral, I was nine, and uh, a teacher was kind to me afterwards. Yeah. And that was a moment where I think I became a victim. Mm-hmm. You know, regardless of the being a victim because of my mother's issues and stuff, but where I became a vic- where I chose that victim mentality, where I'm right. like, oh, this is this is. <laughs> this feels good. Feels being nice I like to me. attention. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I've played that out even up till recently, even mm-hmm. through my divorce and everything, where it's like, oh, I'm a victim. I'm a victim. Reality is, I'm not really a victim. In the, in today, in the present, in the in the moment. You're just yeah. Well, and you know another thing, because I I'm just gonna say I love the stories about your mom, and that's sort of a weird thing to say because a lot of them are dark and not very happy. But like, <laughs> I always. I'm drawn to like people's real life stories and memoir is my favorite genre of book. And so that, so I remember a lot of people's stories and I was wondering if you ever thought about this when you were thinking about your victim card, a lot of your mom, the stories about your mom sort of revolve around her being a victim. I remember you talking about like how she passed out one time and then like opened her eyes to see if anybody was looking. Yeah. Should I tell the story? Sure. I think you should. It's a, it's a good story. It's one of a million good stories about your mom. But So this is my memory of uh, my grandmother's funeral. So my mother is one of 12. Um, and my aunt, was at my grandmother's casket. And so this is a big Latin Catholic family. Emotions are out high. high. They're running rampant. (laughs) So the matriarch, the mother of all these, you know, children, grandchildren died. She's in the cat. She's like 96 years old. So, and many of the grandchildren, including two of my brothers raised by her. So my aunt who was older than my mother, um, the new matriarch of the family, you could say. Strong woman. All the women in my family, incredibly strong. And she started crying. I remember that impacted me because I never saw her cry. She's always just tough and strong. And she started, and it was a genuine, like, you know, her mother's dead crying at mm-hmm. the casket. I'm sitting next to my mom. So I'm a teenager, so this is a pretty valid memory. Like, mm-hmm. some of the ones in... You're like, like is it really is how it, it happened? Yeah. <laughs> This one, I have the scar to prove it, actually. You can't see it through my veins right now. But um, so my mom looks at my aunt, and then uh, she starts to cry just a little bit louder. Just a little <laughs> bit more upset. <laughs> then my aunt starts to cry just a little bit louder than that. <laughs> then my mom faint and that's how I got the score it's right here it's pretty faint now but um she faints and my hand catches her against the wall so I scrape my hand and um she's on the floor so everyone runs to my mom and oh my god my mom my mom and at this point my mom was not really honest with what her ailments were you know she had psychological diabetes (laughs) at the point and I say that in air quotes literally um (laughs) But she said she had all these ailments, so you didn't know what was real, what was not. And um, 
my cousins, everyone's like, oh my God, oh my God. And they call an ambulance. And my mom peeks up and I noticed this, but apparently I'm the only one that noticed this, peeks out to like, and looks around and then closes her eyes back. The ambulance goes, she misses the funeral. And I just remember being really angry because I, I thought she was faking it. And I thought she was just, you know, trying to suck the attention onto her, which is exactly what she did. Right. And, um, you know, it's just funny because to me, that's how I've explained a lot of her behavior towards me. Mm -hmm. Being her only daughter, I think she's a woman that always wanted attention. She's beautiful. And I think I'm making this up. I don't know if this is to be true, but this is my theory, is that my mother... Um, walked into a room, she garnered all the attention from her mm-hmm. sisters, from um, her siblings and everything. And when I came into the world, I think that just fucked up her world order. You know, mm-hmm. I'm a female. And, um, you know, every major event, <clears throat> excuse me, in my life, uh, from high school graduation to my wedding, my mother would ruin it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Which ties into a lot of why I don't like events that I'm at. Um, you know, like my birthday. You, you've yeah. seen, you know, my meltdowns around my birthday time. I don't like it. Um, well, I guess because you're waiting for the other shoe to drop. Like, what crazy thing is going to happen yeah. to ruin it? Yeah. Um, I've gotten better. I mean, that's yeah. stuff I've worked through and gotten much better. And that happened through talk therapy. But I, you know, yeah, that's my mom. <laughs> so I always think I maybe now that you tell the story I don't remember it. it's but like it's like she played the victim like I'm so distraught that I'm actually going to faint at my mother's funeral yeah. and be the victim to like garner the attention. all the attention the good attention that I'm not getting because my crazy ass sister is crying <laughs> the loudest and now she's the matriarch you know yeah. so how can I divert that attention back to me yeah. I'll faint <laughs> I'll show her. (laughs) And it's, you know, in in that story alone, there's so many different dynamics. Because the aunt, the new matriarch, um, her and her daughters took care of my grandmother. Like, my mother was in Miami. That family was in New York. They were the day in, day out taking care of a Mm 96-year-old grandmother, the the other aunt who was uh, single and deaf and, you know, had her own issues. This family unit was the one taking care of it. My mother was in Miami. I'm not saying she was a bad daughter or anything. Right. But she just wasn't there for the day-to-day. She so. wasn't there for the day-to-day, but she's the one that you know, <laughs> everyone ran to. So, um, yeah, that was – that's my mom. <laughs> so how do you think that that, like, victim card, the how you call it, how do you think it, like, shows up today? Like, do you think it shows up just in your romantic relationships, or do you think it shows up, like, in – your friendship relationships or your children, your relationships with your children? Um, yes, no, no. Like I've, I've actually been thinking about my friendships and my relationship with my children, but like my friendships are awesome. You, my circle of friends, solid, 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 solid. Um, you know, that's a wonderful thing when you start to have friends over 10 years Mm -hmm. of experience. Um, the kids are wonderful. They're, you know, my saviors as far as I'm concerned. I It plays out in my personal relationships, and I think it played out in my divorce. Mm-hmm. Um, 
in the in the first few years like I just constantly felt like I was <clears throat> a victim of the circumstances of my divorce um and now I'm looking back at that I'm like you know if I had the wisdom I had today back four or five years ago how would I have done things differently um but that's the I don't think I play it I don't think I play the victim card now it with the exception for my children it is unfortunately for them <laughs> that um when they have their problems which you know every kid has problems um I'm probably not as sympathetic as they would like me to be because I always go back to like okay really let's let's revisit what was happening to me at your age right <laughs> and their problems are all first world problems exactly. that are not really problems yeah. most of the time and yeah so, and, but I, I do feel you can't like, say that I, but like, yeah. I feel it's unfair to them like it, yeah. we've done therapy together the children and I post the divorce and and that's come up a few times where I'm like you know I, I want to feel badly that <laughs> you know I got upset with you because I told you to clean your room for the hundredth time and you didn't but you know at the end of the day I didn't beat you viciously <laughs> <laughs> and you know tell you I wish I had aborted you you know so there's that, you know, there's that, uh, it plays out there, but I don't think I play it. I remember, um, I can't remember the book we read, but there was a book club uh, a few years ago where one of my close friends was talking about the character in the book about, you know, constantly being the victim and, you know, mm -hmm. this let go of your childhood stuff. And I remember thinking, like, was she referring to me in some, you know, veiled way? Um, but I don't think now I, I I don't think now I play it. Um, right. I still think it's part of my subconscious. I put myself in situations with men where I'm going to feel victimized by their treatment of me. God, I cannot wait to break that pattern. <laughs> cannot wait. Cannot wait. I think I'm really close because um, I just am not <laughs> going after anyone. <laughs> it's hard not to be victimized when you don't have someone to victimize you. Yeah. Um, but no, I don't think I, I play it anymore, but I can look back into my 20s, I can look back into my 30s, and yeah, yeah that's something I, I did. Well, I don't think it would be a card like you play, like you consciously say, oh, this is what how I'm going to manipulate this, this situation, I'm going to be a victim, and but like just, you know, thinking about your young self, like sort of garnering attention for being a victim of you know, your circumstances. Like, of X, Y, Z. Yeah, of X, Y, Z, of mm -hmm. several things, like how it sort of shows up. Like, boo-hoo, I didn't pass college algebra because my teacher in, you know, the ghetto was sucked. You know, like, <laughs> there's always something that I could go back to yeah. and, and, you know, um, woe is me. Yeah. And the, I have a litany of woe is me stories, uh, which now I've come to love. I love all those stories, <laughs> including the one my mom fading at my grandmother's funeral because it's made me who I am today. So, um, and that's pretty cool. But yeah, no, um, I don't know. And the reason I shared that story, because um, it's been sitting with me for a few weeks now, was because people have been reaching out to me on other posts. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's a weird, the blog is weird because first of all, I've heard this more than once that people like to binge read it. So, okay, yeah. Um, Excuse me. So sometimes I'll get an email about something I posted, you know, many weeks ago or months ago that I really... You're like, what? What? <laughs> um, but I, I, 
I love the connection, not mm -hmm. the attention. It's not the, you know, it's the something I wrote connected with them mm -hmm. and they felt they didn't feel alone or they didn't feel, um, I, I, the only way I can describe it is connection. And I love that. Like that's, that's like my new high. Like right. every time I get one of those or I get a Facebook message or I get any, um, validation for just putting the shit out there. Um, Makes me happy. Right. So. Yeah. But I try to balance it out. Like, I'm trying not to do, like, deep, you know, uh, <laughs> let, me, let me go into my vast uh, psyche and figure out some shit. Like, last week I did one on Tinder, which was, um, you know, light and fluffy, I think. If I remember correctly, I don't know. I really need to. It's all in the eye of the reader, I think, yeah. of like what's l lighter and darker. I know. Than, you know, how you intend it. It's always read differently by different people, yeah. depending on their point of view. But but that's what I kind of feel like uh, when I started all this, I didn't know what I was doing. And I still, as we right. discussed earlier <laughs> on this podcast. Today, this very moment, <laughs> um, we still don't know what we're doing. I just knew I loved podcasts and I knew, you know, I had a lot of stories. And somehow I wanted to share them. Um, but writing alone, regardless if anything ever happens with it or not, has just been in incredibly healing. Mm -hmm. Like all, I mean, I hear that a lot when people are like, it sounds mm -hmm. like you're healing. It sounds like you've forgiven your mother. It sounds like, and it's, right. and it's true. And it, these two help do that. Well, I've read a lot of things about writing just in general even if you never have an intended audience is supposed to be a great way like to get up and write for 30 minutes just journaling or writing about what you're thinking about in the morning to is sort of you know it's supposed to be very ther therapeutic yeah it has been i can say honestly for me in the podcast too the old old podcast that i did by myself um in the beginning um, some of those are, you know, very revealing mm -hmm. of shit that I, I'm, I'm surprised I put it out there and I forget, like, I'm not kidding <laughs> when I say, you know this to me, I do, I, you're not taking it down, but you're like, huh, that was interesting. <laughs> like, well, interesting. <laughs> what was going on that week? Um, <laughs> so what else is going on in your life besides blogging and podcasting? Well, I got TV back. <laughs> yes. um, I, in case you're just tuning in I gave up TV for Lent and no I'm not Catholic I just I just tortured myself <laughs> <laughs> just saying um, but you thought it was a good exercise even excellent. though it was hard so what's your favorite thing that you binge it watched it wasn't that hard actually it, like two or three days into it yeah. it was the new normal um, well I caught up on Grey's Anatomy and very important very important yes and uh what else did i uh oh girls okay do the finale of girls and then i moved over to netflix and last night started uh i don't know what the name of it is it's the one everyone's watching 13 13 reasons why, 13 reasons mm -hmm. why. and um it was good to you know stop watching tv because i was binge watching so much mm -hmm. Because, like, last night I watched two episodes. I was tired, and I shut it off and went to bed. The me before this whole exercise would have just... I would have watched it all night long. I would have wanted to know, you know... Yeah, how it ends. How it ends. Yeah. And then I'm like, 
you know what? It's going to be there tomorrow. <laughs> exactly. Because <laughs> um, So that's going on there. And um, basically that's it. I, I'm writing a lot. And um, I'm going back to um, do some consulting starting next month. And, you know, what I, I do for income. So I'm getting, I'm gearing up for that. And yay. Yay. <laughs> So yeah, please support this podcast and vlog so I can monetize this and not do that. Um, so what's going on with you? Oh gosh, I don't know. I'm, I think it's getting ready to be like the beginning of the crazy season. Like May is always really crazy with school and kids and all of that. And my son is just finishing his first year at Chapel Hill. Like. Shocking. So I just made a reservation to drive up. My husband and I are going to drive up and spend the night, take him out to dinner, and then pack his stuff up the next day and move him home. And that will be his first year. And I am having a really hard time. It goes fast. It goes it really does. fast. Yeah. It was our freshman year in high school. And I'm like, wow. Yeah. I think every year just gets faster and faster and faster. So Which yeah. makes me panic. Yeah. Because um, I, I think I've been very Pollyanna about like yeah. the kids' future, like what you know. And now, the idea that three years from now they're both—I'm so. First of all, I'm glad I had the third child. Yeah. Because the idea that my twins are the, that that yeah you wouldn't know, have one left after their yeah and grown and flown kind of thing. <laughs> um, that's starting to to be an issue for me that just the thought of it well like their freshman year don't you think like it just went by the fastest ever that ever, ever any ever. year i think because you know when they're like in kindergarten and first grade and all of that like every day is really long and every week is long <laughs> and it's like a lifetime between like spring break and the end of school and now it just like goes like gangbusters and yeah it just, every year just gets faster and faster, and you're like, wow, it's summer again, and um, so. Yeah, my baby is 11, and she's starting middle school next year, and, um, you know, I was thinking about her because she acts very young for her age, mm -hmm. um, and I'm so happy with that. Like yesterday, uh, I don't know if you know, the Starbucks unicorn frappuccino came out, which, you know, I called it cancer, and I called it cancer, <laughs> How many chemicals can you put into one cup of coffee? Yeah. yeah. But I just, as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, I know what we're doing after school. Because I, I just, I'm like celebrating every uh -huh. you know, like moment. I just, I feel like I'm on a treadmill that I don't want to be on. It's just going faster and faster and faster. So you're, I'm guessing Lola, both of our oldest two children, your twins and my son and my daughter who's a junior, Avery, um, they both went to a small private school and where things were pretty sheltered mm -hmm. and, um, uh, you know, where the worst thing that would happen all year would be like boys peeing on the walls in the bathroom <laughs> or kicking each other in the walls, which yeah. is my favorite. <laughs> but like, so my youngest is a seventh grader in middle in a local middle school. And so I was like unprepared for how much of goes on in middle school and like a big public middle school today it really is exactly like it is in like the television shows and um I was joking with my husband because you know today is national weed day where I was like I wonder if they're gonna have a assembly yet. <laughs> 
Whitley's Middle School yeah. because weed is like a it just is everywhere. it's woven everywhere. Like kids bring weed to school, they smoke weed in the bathroom, they talk about weed. That I mean, everywhere. I'm like we're 13 and it's crazy. My kids. For disclaimer, huge proponent of legalizing pot, but I'm also a huge proponent that children with developing brains should not smoke pot, <laughs> just so we're clear. Um, but my kids cross the street from their high school to where I pick them up in the parking lot. Most of the kids actually uh -huh. do that. And um, you can just see the smoke. <laughs> and like, very familiar with the smell, so I'm like... Wait, what? <laughs> what? Um, it's just so, and in, in middle school, it's so prevalent. Yes, it it's is. Shockingly so. Sh more so mm -hmm. than, and I don't know if, I, I feel like I'm just an old mom that's doing, but I feel like it much more than I ever remember. Yeah. Certainly when I was in, in high school, it wasn't that prevalent. Um, I really, or at least not in the, it wasn't, it really wasn't. I mean, yeah. I'm sure people smoked it, but it just... Well, in Willie's Middle School, like, people are always getting suspended for bringing weed to school. And um, they, you know, and it's not usually her close group of friends, but it's only one remove. Like, it's a friend of a friend who brings a backpack to school that has weed, prescription pills, and uh, a lighter. Yeah. And, um, or no, I'm sorry, no weed in this. I'm guessing the weed was somewhere else because... <laughs> The, for the lighter, it was um, prescription pills, the lighter, and um, vodka. Oh, yeah, and he gets suspended, but it's like it's just really close to home. And we were talking about it, and I'm like, well, I'm guessing, you know, we were like, well, what did her parents say and do? And we were, I said, um, well, they probably were not very happy about the fact that she took her parents' prescription pills to school to theoretically sell. And my daughter's like, well, no, it wasn't her parents' pills. And so I'm like, okay, whose pills were it? Well, it's another friend's sister's boyfriend's a drug dealer. And oh. that's where I'm like, you are 13 years old. Like, uh, yeah. I think at 13, I might have still played with a Barbie doll or two. Like, I don't really remember, but I definitely no was drugs. not yeah. thinking about that. No, I, I was probably thinking about boys. But I was mm -hmm. not thinking in the about seventh grade. Yeah, yeah, I was not, and man, the drugs just weren't around. I'm. This is where when I complain about having twins, sometimes I am grateful for because I the twins who are ninth grade, um, specifically my son, I feel is like the world's biggest narc. <laughs> <laughs> And I can always tell when they're coming to the car. Like he has, I can always tell. If he has something to report, the <laughs> yeah. the informer. Yes, I can tell by the text. Like I got a text this week, that, or I think it's this week. It, it's like, "Mommy, I can't." When he says "Mommy," first of all, I'm like, "Oh," he's like, "I can't wait." I have a funny story to tell you. Those funny stories generally is uh, something that his twin sister is going to be, you know, really pissed off. About. Right. It's going to make fun of her. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> or get her in trouble. Yeah. Um, so, so I feel I'm grateful because I think my, his twin sister, Heather, her group is, uh, it's that one removed. Yeah. I mean, I'm talking like neighbors. Right. <laughs> but I know, and I've known that I, I'm not judging them and, you know, it, it, I, it is what it is, but it's like I'm always surprised when I hear this kid did this or this. I'm like, I know these kids. They were in my home. They, yeah, you know they. Um, what's going on? Yeah, <laughs> but I'm grateful. I my 
my kids recently said something to me, the twins, and they're like, you know, we're such homebodies. And and they are. And I'm like, and I love that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, this is the house that people tend to come to you and I'm like, hey, that's that's why I still have this house. Right, exactly. For your for you like for yeah. you to hang out here and yeah. your friends to come here. And I've had the similar experience and sometimes it's tiring a little bit but not really it's always just is it's you know you just want them it's nice to know where they all are and my son even said once he's like mom you you know when he was getting ready to go to college he's like you haven't been the mom that's like had to have their you know child leave and spend the night out and not know you know because they've all all those kids have been spending the night at our house so we've always known they're always where we know that they are but behind every one of those boys that's hanging out in our house is a mom who doesn't, who is just assuming that their child is at our house, yeah. but doesn't really, really know. And yeah. so now I'm grateful for that. Part of that. I remind myself like right now as I'm getting the backyard ready and the pool, you know, up and running for the summer, I have it in my, I do it not for me cause I don't even like hanging out there, Yeah, <laughs> but I have it cause I, I, like that the kids come here it, it does get expensive when you're feeding a lot of teenagers at your home because I always feel like you have to you know get food and drink um so I, I noticed my bill go up yeah. exponentially <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah feeding a lot and it only gets I think worse I have to get my backyard and pool ready as well because my junior daughter told me last week that we uh, the whole prom group is coming to our house for photos. So, awesome. yeah. And then somehow, and I'm, somehow I volunteered to like cater their dinner at our house too. Oh, I'm surprised you're not cooking it. <laughs> you know, I, the funny, the funny thing about me, this is my fourth, this is my strong suit. So it's only 18 of them. I'm like, I, mean, I, you can say that. I know. I realize how ridiculous that sounds, but I'm like, it's only 18 of them. I'll make like a couple of different kinds of pasta and a big salad and just be done with it. And this is why you have to have your own blog and your own <laughs> podcast so people that can relate to that can share that with you. Because 18, for me to feed 18 people, I would have a heart attack I, if I had to cook it. Like I could totally yeah. order it, no problem, paper plates, I'm in. <laughs> to do what you do. <laughs> I was like, it really, you know. Anyway, you know, I'm going to have a cater by, like, I think Taste of Italy or something like you that. You were good. You were good. We were talking about you because uh, Easter just passed. And um, in the, you know, when the twins were younger, we'd always go to your mm-hmm. uh, mother and father's for Easter. And so we were talking about that. So, you know, you you are the hostess with the mostest. I've always said that. Well, I like, you know, some people that really stresses them out, and I get that. Or just cooking in general, they don't like. But, like, I, um, that's just something I like to do. I don't like the drudgery of, like, Tuesday night cooking. <laughs> but, like, a dinner party or yeah. 18 prom goers. Yay! I'm all in. <laughs> I feel like I order, I order pizza. That's my strong suit. <laughs> <laughs> I got a platter trip the other day and just doing at the teenagers. Here you go. Um, oh my gosh. So Well thank you. Thank you for, for having me on this pretty day. It's been fun catching up. Yeah, and hopefully this sounds so much better with our new mics. <laughs> Since you won't listen to it before you post it, we'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for listening. Please, 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 please. Uh, share. Uh, I'm not promoting uh, any of this, so the only way it really um, 
people hear about it is by sharing it. So if you find any value in this podcast <laughs> yeah, or blog, <laughs> uh, go ahead and uh, follow us. Do you want to tell them where, who your Instagram or Facebook or anything? Oh, well, gosh. Um, my Facebook is Beth Johnson Lennon and Instagram is Beth underscore Lennon. Um, and that's and Pinterest is Beth Lennon. Mm-hmm. I've got um, Maris, at Marisol's, po- Marisol's podcast, plural, both Marisol and podcast be plural. On Instagram, my Instagram's kind of um, getting more light, which is interesting for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, you can follow there. You can follow on Marisol's podcast and blog on Facebook. And you can always reach me at uh, Marisol's podcast at gmail.com which I always, always love hearing from people. Not maybe if you have something to complain about. <laughs> no criticism, please. <laughs> but I am getting better at just, like, reading the first few lines and then going, oh, delete. Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, there's no point. Yeah. So, All right, thanks again. See you soon. Bye.